One's a movie buff. One watches movies just enough. Together, fun will be had by all. This is Nadine Katie at the Movies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another brand new episode of Nadine Katie at the Movies. I'm your host, Nathan, a.k.a. Nady, of course. And finally, after like three episodes with me, as always, unless she's not, is my good, 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 good friend, Katie. Katie, hi. Hey, stop making noise in the kitchen. I'm, I'm trying to record a podcast. <laughs> Do you have to get ice in your drink right now? Anyways. Nathan, it's great. We were on vacation. Scott and I went to the great state of Thailand. Oh, wait, that's a country. We went to uh, Thailand. It was great. We did not watch any movies, except we did actually watch a lot of movies on the plane, none of which we have covered on this podcast, none of which I desire to cover on the podcast. And also, we have a special guest on this episode. Oh, yes. Wait, can I can I intro our guest? I was just going to say, Katie, can you let me finish my thought? Katie, would you like to introduce our special guest? Hello, Lee. You want to tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe your connection with movies? Yeah, uh, I'm like strangely nervous right now. And I know I'm just talking to you too, but I'm nervous. Um, So yes, movies. I love movies. My family are big movie people. We watch a lot of movies. And Katie, I was actually nervous to go to the movie with you because I'm always on my phone researching the movie while I'm watching the movie. But I did my best not to be on my phone while I was with you. But that was a conscious effort to not do that because I do love to look up, oh, where have I seen this person before? Or what movies has this person been in? Or who's he related to? Who's he married to so-and-so? So anyway, that's kind of what I do during movies. So I did my best not to do that with you. So yeah, thanks for letting me join. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm excited that you're here because I've been waiting for this movie since the first trailer came out. So let's just dive right into what we're going to be reviewing this episode, and that is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And before we jump right into the movie, let me do my little synopsis. Steel reeling from the loss of Gamora, Peter Quill rallies his team to defend the universe and one of their own, a mission that could mean the end of the Guardians, if not successful. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 stars Chris Pratt, Zoe Sadana, Dave Batista, Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, Karen Gillan, and Palm Clementiff, also known as Mantis, and also has Michael Rosenbaum from Smallville in this movie as the Crystal Head guy. I don't know his real name. And also has Sylvester Stallone. Lee, because you are our special guest, what were your thoughts about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? So Guardians is my one of my favorite favorite parts of the Marvel universe. I think they're all funny. So I was really excited about this particular one. And it's been a long time since we've seen a new Guardians. It's been six years since the second one came out. So it's been a really long time. So I had a lot of expectations for it. Do we give spoilers on here? Remind me, because I what do you guys talk about? <laughs> spoiler alert. We'll be spoiling this movie. Go ahead. Again, not even a spoiler, really. I mean, you know what? I'm not even going to go there. I just wasn't sure. When I heard the main plot of the movie, I was kind of concerned, how is this going to be two hours of this? But I was happily surprised, and I did like it a lot. So I definitely recommend that people go see it, especially if, if Guardians is 
one of the movie genres that they like in the Marvel universe and highly recommend. Really funny. A lot of people are complaining that this is one of the darkest of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, which I agree with 100%. But I also knew that going into it. And I also knew that this is James Gunn's last time directing a Marvel movie, because if you've been following James Gunn's journey, he's actually jumping to the DC world. So after this, he's going straight into DC Comics, hopefully saving that, because based on what he's done with Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm going to give him a chance with DC movies. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. There were moments that were kind of random and weird, and we'll get into that. But overall, I would say 100% you should go see this movie, especially since this is, and this is not a spoiler, this is the last time you will see these main Guardians Guardians of the Galaxy characters together. This is the last Mm -hmm. time they've already confirmed that. Even though at the end of the film, I'm I'm assuming you guys probably sat through all the credits to see the post-credit scene. They surprised me because of what Chris Pratt has said in interviews. And we'll get into that too. Katie, what would you say? Yes or no? Should people go see this? Yes. If you're listening and you haven't seen it yet, stop everything you're doing and go see Gardens of the Galaxy Volume 3. I will say, being the least movie experienced person, I would tell you you need to see Gardens of the Galaxy 1 and 2. There's a lot of movies that we've reviewed where you can get away with it. John Wick 4, for example, I was able to watch. This has so much built from the prior movies, from even the Avengers movies, and this one that I hadn't seen yet, unfortunately, which was like the Christmas special on Disney+. Plus. It's not a make or break, but there's definitely references to it in this movie. So I would highly recommend if you are going to go see this, you do need to watch volume one and two first. But yeah, let's get right into the things we we all love this movie. So let's start with the good things. I would say my favorite thing, as usual, was the humor. I was cackling. There's times you smile, laugh. And then this was one where I was physically, like, out loud, bursting out laughing. And that was multiple times. And from multiple characters. I don't think they relied on Dax this time. It was pretty spread out. How about you guys? Um, his name is Dax. But <laughs> I was thinking Dax, um, Dax Shepard, maybe. I agree. It was so funny. We were both laughing and sweating that entire movie because it was so hot in that theater one. But we were laughing and crying. There was just so many emotions throughout this movie that um, it's a ride. It's a, such a fun ride. I think another awesome thing about the Guardian movies is their soundtrack is just awesome. The music of the Guardian movies are just so much fun. It's just a really fun watch. Yeah, the music, the comedy. Oh, Baby Rocket, stinking cute. I mean, I love the music too, but I felt like this third one was my least favorite with music. Like, I do think they do a great job of matching, but because it was a dark movie, therefore the songs Mm -hmm. all had to be darker. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember being a little nervous that first song comes on and it's really slow and dark. And I was, I mean, it's setting the tone appropriately. Yeah. yeah. Like you're saying, but it's, I was like, I'm not into the darker, moody stuff. Well, maybe it ended high because that very last song, you know, where Drax is dancing, like it it was just like, maybe I left just feeling just jubilant. It was just such fun. That to me was. What I think about with the music, that's quite frankly the only song I remember, but I love that song. Well, the, the, I will say the Beastie Boys song during that big epic fight scene. Oh, yeah, that was an awesome fight scene. That's true. Mm-hmm. 
What are your thoughts on music, Nathan? I agree with you, Katie, which is a rare thing on the show. <laughs> but I think I don't remember how often they use songs in the first and second one, but it feels like they used a lot of songs in this movie, like almost to the point where I was kind of getting annoyed because yeah. and I kind of get why they did it, because it's such a serious film. So they have like a really serious scene or a really serious moment. And then all of a sudden it goes to a 80s or 90s song just to break the the tension, I guess. And I and they did that a lot because there's a lot of serious moments in this movie. Not saying I don't like the songs that they pick because I love the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtracks because they just, you know, bring you back to nostalgia. And it's kind of the opposite of the Mario movie because those songs in the Mario movie didn't really fit. But the songs in this movie did fit. And so I thought the songs were perfect. I just thought it just got to a point, like I said, it was just really, I was like, okay, I get too it. Too much music? Too, a little too much. Like in my notes, it says a lot of songs. That's one of my dislikes. But let me go to one of my <laughs> likes. My, okay. I actually liked that they went for a more emotional tone for this film. Mm. There were moments that, yes, I never sobbed. I never actually cried. But I did get very emotional, obviously, with the rocket raccoon moments. And there was one line I told Katie about this. There was just one moment that I seriously almost like sobbed, like snot coming out of my nose. But I stopped myself. And it's at the end of the movie where, you know, you find out that Drax is really good with these kids. And then Nebula says to him, you weren't made to be a destroyer. You were made to be a dad. I don't know if it's because I'm a dad. <laughs> I seriously almost sobbed my eyes out. And also it's because if you know the the story of Drax from the very first film, you know, he lost his wife, he lost his daughter, and he was trying to avenge them this whole time. And then he like it's a full circle kind of thing that what he really is meant to be is a dad. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And that like, got me too. The darkness is obviously a really big key thing. And I don't know if it fits in the category of good or bad because we have, are going to have different opinions on it. But yeah, I'm curiously, I mean, we looked over at each other at one point and we're just like tears streaming down both of our faces, like getting physically hot from how much crying there was. Was there a part that you felt like was the most sad or were there any parts that you were like too much over the top sad? Like for I mean, me, there was a part where there's like children in cages that felt yeah. like the children being in cages i mean granted they get they escape but that felt very like auschwitz vibe and mm. it was just too, really dark for me and then also the animal cruelty yeah some i get the dark but to me it was like overboard there was that one scene i think we were you may have even commented like oh they're all about to die or something like that because i think you called it but it's that scene where rocket gets his creates that key and he's like opening all these doors and I, I think or maybe at some point you had mentioned like oh I bet all of them die and I really hoped you were wrong but you weren't and that was I thought that was like a really hard death because it almost felt like Rocket and what was the um the otter's name was like, whoever the otter was Lila and Teeps and Floor yeah <laughs> they're like shipping them a little bit and I thought oh man this is Rocket's girlfriend because I think they kissed at the end so yeah I was what a sad I mean it was just so tragic and you kind of understand why Rocket's never shared any of this stuff and 
<sighs> yeah, it was heavy. That I did not enjoy that because they were just innocent little animals who were promised something and then were completely blindsided and then killed and oh yeah. But the children, that was tough too. And how interesting that Drax knew how to speak their language. I mean, there was so many little Speaking of animals, I don't know if you've researched this, but PETA has, has actually come out and said that this is the best pro-animal movie they've ever seen because it shows just because we can experiment on animals doesn't mean we should. So PETA has come out hmm. in full force promoting this movie. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing, but I will say, and this is going to make me sound really morbid, I'm actually going to defend the kids in cages and the animal cruelty <laughs> because I think this villain is probably one of the best Marvel Cinematic Universe villains we've had since Thanos. I think okay, I could I could agree with that. He is pure evil, and that is the whole mm -hmm. point. And that's why the kids in the cages, as disturbing as it is, that's what they were going for. He also blew blew up a whole planet like they kind Truly. of just moved I mean, past it really quick but he that's killed thanos an level. planet of people yeah that's thanos level stuff you know we didn't even talk about that you're totally right they're going for that vibe of he's trying to create this perfect society kind of like the nazis were trying to do and mm. so they took that imagery and they connected it with this evil guy i thought it fit perfectly in the film i really enjoyed the villain I think a lot of people are already saying that if they get rid of uh, Jonathan Majors, which they're still talking about doing for Kang, that they should get this guy and they should just say he was actually a version of Kang at one point because he was that good. And I think he could play that villain. We kind of mentioned a little bit of things we didn't like, but was there anything else that we did not like about this film? We've talked about what we did like, but is there anything that we were like, mm, I kind of wish that wasn't there? I wanted to add on that that really i agree with you nathan that he was truly evil and i was actually afraid of him and i really appreciated that they didn't give him a backstory i think we've tried to make really dynamic evil people in the marvel universe to where you're like i kind of get it thanos i, I kind of get it and this guy like you're saying i guess to be fair he's just truly truly evil at no point are you rooting for him and i really I liked that it made us root against him all the more Agreed. So the one thing I didn't like initially, and I'd love to know y'all's thoughts about it, at the very end where they're all hugging and all of a sudden you hear Groot talking and you know what he's saying. And I was like, that takes me out because obviously it's Vin, it's Vin Diesel's voice. You know, like he's, it's no longer Groot to me. You know what I'm saying? So that kind of took me out of the movie slightly. And I, I, I read a little bit about why it was done. And it, I, that, card, that part kind of redeems it in a sense. But in the movie, when I watched it, I was like, oh, I don't like that. That's not Groot. That was another moment that I kind of knew beforehand was going to happen. Uh, so I kind of mentally prepared myself. And James Gunn <laughs> kind of tried to, you know, justify it by saying, well, since it's the end of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, this is the moment that the audience finally understands Groot. I'm like, right. I, I'm sorry, dude. I don't buy it. It was, it was to me, yeah. it was lame. It, it didn't work. Mm -hmm. I'm glad he didn't say something like, nobody messes with my family. I'm glad he didn't <laughs> say that. 
But to me, that was close <laughs> enough with him saying, oh, totally. Guys. I mean, it was just, it just came off as cheesy and lame. I didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. I cringed. Speaking of cringe, we have the Adam character who almost felt thrown in. It felt like he was totally. just there because he had been mentioned in the second one. And then five years later, the director was like, I don't really want to go that way. But he almost felt like a complete waste throwaway, somewhat comic relief. Did y'all like it? That was in my in my notes, Katie. Exactly. Useless character is what, what I wrote. Useless. I mean, until the end, obviously. But we didn't need him for 99.9% of the movie. I was disappointed because I don't know if you guys had played the Guardians of the Galaxy video game. But it was actually pretty awesome. And I kind of wish they had, had adapted that into the movie because it was actually interesting. And Adam Warlock was actually pretty, pretty interesting in that game as well. And I was kind of disappointed, like you guys were saying, I was disappointed that they didn't dive, like they didn't use him more. And I didn't like that he was a villain at first, kind of. And then he teamed up with them because the bad guy killed his mom. Going on to more fringe characters, they introduced Cosmo, the talking dog, which they kind of introduced in, I think, the end of the first one when they go to the collector and the dog runs out, Mm -hmm. whatever. I think Cosmo was one of the weak links in this movie, except the ending part, which I thought was kind of cool when the dog used telekinesis to kill that one bad guy. But other than that, I didn't think it was funny. I didn't think the dog was funny. They tried to have like a little comic relief with the dog and Sean Gunn's character, who's the brother of James Gunn. And I didn't think it worked. I loved, I think it's Craglin. Am I saying that right? I actually got teared up at the part Part where he, he couldn't control the arrow and then he's like picturing Yondu talking to him and I mean I actually got really teared up it's not even a character I'm super invested in but that made me tear up seeing him harness that to be able to defend the planet I think everyone got utilized well that's probably my biggest biggest thing I loved about this movie was every single character made me laugh and possibly cry all across the board. And everyone had a role. We've talked about that in other movies as well, Nathan, where it felt like there was not one hero standalone. Everyone truly was on the team and played a part. Groot was a lot smaller in terms of his role, but he also kind of already had his his thing in the other movies, I think. Okay, that was what I was thinking is we don't know anything about, or maybe we do and I just don't know. I don't remember ever hearing like the origin story of Groot. Is that has it ever come up in a Guardians movie? He started as a seedly and then and he grew roots. So there's a mid credit scene which kind of hints who the future Guardians of the Galaxy are going to be. You got Rocket, you got Groot, you got Adam Warlock, you got Cosmo, you got I didn't even know the guy's name was what? Greylock? Sure. Okay, and yeah. <laughs> and the one of the little kids that Drax and everyone saves. So that's our new Guardians of the Galaxy, I guess, going forward. And after the full credits, you see Peter go back to Earth and see his grandfather, which they kind of joked about at the beginning where they were like, my grandfather's probably like 96 years old. Well, he goes back to Earth and meets his grandfather, who I guess is 96 years old. And... The post credit scene shows him in the kitchen eating cereal with his grandpa, and then it goes black and it says, the legendary Star-Lord will return. The reason why this shocked me is because it kind of sounded like Chris Pratt was saying that he would only come back if something interesting was brought forth. 
And I guess something interesting came forth because apparently he's going to come back. So it makes sense to me that he's going to be involved in probably this new, the round two of Avengers is my guess, because hello, they brought him to earth for a reason. They have to Mm -hmm. have him on earth where all these other characters are and they're going to have to defend earth. So I think that was a smart play. And it's to me, that's likely where he'll show up. I think he's done with like a franchise. I think he, I think he's more of a, like Katie said, I'll come back for the major Avengers movie, but I don't think I see him doing anything franchise related TV or movie wise. I think they've already set up if they're going to do another guardians of the galaxy. I think they set it up that it's going to be the rocket team, which I don't know if that'll sell as well as what we've seen before, but I guess we'll see. That is guardians of the galaxy volume three. We're going to go ahead and rate this thing. I'll go ahead and give my rating. I will give Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 a 5.5. It was very close to a 6, but I think it was because of the music. There was just way too much, and the weird group moment, and Cosmo the dog was not funny. That's why I'm giving it a 5.5. Lee, what would you give Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? And just for a little background real quick, the reason it's 1 to 6 is because Katie and I, when we first did our first season of this show, we did the Marvel Cinematic Universe and there are six infinity stones. So oh. we did one through six. So we've, we're sticking with that with our rating system. So one to six stars, what would you give Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? I would give it a solid five. I thought it was wonderful. The only reason why I didn't get a six for me is because one, I am so antsy that anything over two hours, I start to get a little, I'm ready to get up after two hours. And just some of the corny things like the Groot thing at the very end kind of spoiled it a little bit for me, but those are small moments. And overall, I, I think it's a great movie and I'd give it a five. And Katie, what about you? I really enjoyed the movie. I love, as Lee said, when it's a roller coaster of different experiences. I also didn't turn to her in the theater and say, wow. And I've done that with other movies, so I can't give it a perfect score. I'm actually going to give it a five. My personality just overall, I'm not as much a fan of dark. And that is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Lee, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so glad you could join us. Please join us again. Thank you for having me. Yes, come back. And so next week will be another mystery movie. I bet you can't guess what it is. I don't want you to because I want you to listen to the episode because like (laughs) I said, it's a mystery. And then after that, we go back to our list with... (laughs) Another Vin Diesel classic, Fast 10. That's right, the 10th movie in the Fast and Furious franchise. Katie, I got to ask now, are you going to watch the first nine Fast and the Furious movies before Fast 10? <laughs> I kind of don't Here, want Here's the thing. The last Fast and Furious movie I watched had Paul Walker in it. So mm-hmm. I think I'm a little bit behind. And May I also think I'm a little biased. May he rest in peace. So I have a feeling I won't. I won't want to watch all the stuff in between and I will watch the 10th one because I have to. Good times. Thank you everyone for listening. And we should have said this at the beginning, but we've actually made it past 1000 downloads. Past 1000 downloads. Thank you so much to every single person who's helped us get there. And in the words of Groot, I love you guys. Thanks for listening to Nady and Katie at the movies. Feel free to leave us a review so people can find the show. 
follow us on all our social media platforms. And if there's a movie that you want us to watch, feel free to contact us at nadyandkatie at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.